Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Yep, here I am. (laughs) Here I am for better or worse. It's uh, July 13th. And uh, I can't believe it. Damn time is what happens when you get old. Time just keeps on slipping, slipping into the future. Oh, hey, don't. You can't. Don't. Is Susan there by any chance? Yes, she is. She is. <laughs> oh, good. I was fearful. No, no, no. You don't know how close I I was. I was. <laughs> okay. I I checked at you know eight. 20, 840, 10, 2, or, you know, my time. And then uh, and then I get involved in reading something. I look up and, and right. my watch says 9. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I came close today, too. I was trying so, to beat somebody at, uh, at Scrabble, at Words with Friends, and I was really focused on it. And then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> What? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your oh. show. If you start two minutes late, you're still there when at the beginning, you know. Yeah, but, you know, I come from broadcasting where if a show starts at a certain hour, it starts at a certain hour. There's no late. It's it's impossible. There's no way you can be late. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah, well, yeah, seen, I, like, I mean, I've I lived... You know, I I lived with the guy that to get any place less than five minutes early was being late. Okay, so I mean, but the, obviously in in television, you know, if you're you got it, you got deadlines, you got to show up. You've never seen, uh, you know, and now the six o'clock news, and you see people like rushing toward the desk, putting on mics. <laughs> no, every once in a while you do. <laughs> no. Yeah, I have. You might see you might see somebody quickly sticking a a mic on a lapel, but they're not. I mean, uh, I I I I don't think so, and that would be big trouble. Usually, well, you just have <laughs> there's no excuses. Yeah, no excuses. Yeah. So I I, I um I just want to talk about a, a, a strong reaction I had last night to watching something on television. And it's a show that I I usually enjoy, Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. Yeah. Although it also annoys the hell out of me. But I was watching, and I was particularly uh, enjoying this one because it was was a rerun from 2002. I know it's where they do the ups and downs. Yeah. And so they say, you know, (laughs) my gosh, this is like, whoa, this is worth $75,000. And then it Fast goes forward to today. Yeah, 2000. And I, you know, you think, God, I hope they sold it. Or they <laughs> meant it when they said, well, it's a family heirloom. It isn't heirloom going anywhere. And it, it's priceless to us. Yes. That's right. So, um, 
This and, you know, a, by I, the I, way, taste change again 15 minutes later and it goes yeah, back yeah, yeah. up. So. It goes back up. It's who's collecting what it was. Well, it's just, you know, it, what yeah. something is worth it's, what the market will bear and the market changes. So there you go. Okay, right. go ahead. Right. What, the so what provoked the, the vagaries of reaction? I'm trying to... <laughs> well, no, you'll you'll agree with it when you hear it. Okay. This show was, um, uh, I think, in South Carolina, somewhere in South Carolina, I don't know, almost everybody who brought stuff had had thick Southern accents and, you know, it was Southern, some Southern place. And I started, they were bringing in some pretty old stuff, stuff from, you know, my, this came down to me from my great grandmother who got it from her great grandmother and it's been in the family since, uh, you know, whatever. And then they, you know, they, they dated and it's like 1812, 1820. And it's some, um, you know, gee some, you know, silver service, some uh, anything, a piece of furniture, whatever. And it's, it's worth a lot of money. And these things, when they say, what is it worth now, go up. So what made me go nuts is I all of a sudden thought, dear God in heaven, here it is. Here is the things that allowed these people to have the money. What allowed these people to have the money to buy themselves in the 1800s, this glorious stuff. Was they yes. made money using free human labor. They own Correct. black people. Correct. So the human beings that produced the wealth to buy this thing that passed down from my grandmother to me, they got nothing. They got zilch and I just thought you know here it is and is there any acknowledgement there is zero acknowledgement of the wealth that white people have been able to accumulate that often began with the unpaid labor of owned black human beings i i wanted to i wanted to like leap through the television and like grab these things and you know toss them as far i i, I just wanted I, there's no acknowledgement that's right well you know and i'm then, the let me let me interrupt to, to just tell sort of a parallel story. And I had much the same reaction. I was reading letters to an editor, uh, you know, in one of the newspapers that I read. And this was a letter written by a nun. And um, she was at some event and they were singing My Country, Tis of Thee, or America the Beautiful, one of the two. And she says a song that always made me cry you know, in my heart swell. And as I was singing it, I began to think, wait a minute, this is a song written by a, a, a wealthy 
19th century woman who is writing of her country. Yeah. But it's not a song that has resonates in any way with the people that made it for her. And suddenly I couldn't sing the song at all. I was heartsick. So this is this, you know, and of course the comments that followed were derisive, but I just thought that was a beautiful letter. Yeah. This is what, this is, you know, what, when people talk about, um, uh, and this isn't even what critical race theory is, but this is, I think, what they mean, that this is this is more accurately systemic racism. You just don't see it. It's everywhere because it's our reality. And yeah. it's been it's built on things that we wealth. didn't see. Yes, yeah, generational wealth. We had this tea service forever. I remember my grandmother having it and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it was more easily seen in this when all these people seemed to be, you know, so they were they were white Southerners. Right. And they had all this crap. Yep. And it was antique. And it came from the period when the South got where it got because ha, it didn't have to pay its workers a cent. That's a nice way to do business. And that wealth, the thing that blew me away was how how much each of these things appreciated. And so for every little bit of stuff and money, money accumulates and reproduces and grows. And generation after generation... To think of all of the, you know, hundreds of people in each of these families that fan out on their family trees, all deriving benefit from long dead black people who didn't have a chance to live a life. And and to everybody out there that's twisting on the on the uh, fish hook here and saying, well, well, you know, my, sorry, but you know, Lynn, our grandfather didn't come over until uh, uh, 19- oh no, yeah, nineteen oh one or something like that. And um, and uh, he didn't and, own any slaves, and he, he didn't, didn't own any penny. slaves, and he That's didn't have a right. penny, and he worked his way up. And I yeah, will say to you, yes, he did, and I'm damn proud of him. And he began, you know, he he he, he from the first penny, he built our family. Yes, he did. But I will also say that the farmers in the, in, that he peddled to wouldn't have welcomed him, a, a, if, him he a a, if he were a black man. That he even though he skin. started with nothing, even though he had a foreign accent, yeah, he was he, he still started on third base, and 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 he and we still. Were, were put slotted into the system at a certain level. And I don't know why that's so hard for people to admit. Well, because you know why? Because we all, all families, just like, you know, every family, every person who brought some, some treasure to the antiques roadshow I watched, 
all families also hold uh, treasure in their family narrative, right? We tell ourselves stories about our families. And invariably, those stories are like the story. I mean, you know, we can tell our story. Oh, our grandfather came over, you know, and they're, they make you feel proud. They make you think, wow, I come from. And you don't want to have this foundational story that has resonated with you from the time you can remember that was told to you by your beloved parents and to them by theirs, you hang on to that with a, with a white knuckled tenacity. You do not want someone taking that from you. Um, and people just can't do it. They dig in. You cannot take that, my history from me, even if the history is a bunch of crap, like the entire South and so many of, and you know, with their idea of what the Civil War was. Well, it was the war between the states for, to begin with. It wasn't the Civil War. They were not traitors. They were not. The whole thing. And the thing is, is that the history has been that history has been allowed to live on. And it's only very recently. You know, if you saw the picture of uh, of uh, Robert E. Lee on his horse, uh, finally being trucked away uh, down the streets of Charlottesville uh, the other day. It is finally we are God. How many oh, how many years, decades, generations later, is there finally some effort to stop telling these lies and to stop giving places of honor to people who tried to destroy the United States of America because? They wanted to keep owning black people. And you know what? The pushback, the pushback on it is still so huge. And that's why critical race theory is such a gift to the Republicans. Except that they don't, except, can can I just say. It doesn't matter. It's a gift that, that is, that is just. You know, bullshit. First of all, let's just make it clear. Critical race theory ain't taught K through 12. It ain't even taught in college. In college, you might take a course that discusses various theories. Right. But there ain't such a, you know, quote, thing that the we're talking, are you going to teach real history or your history? Or your story. Your story. <laughs> and, you know, geez. So, I mean, this I is the South. This people South need to look up what critical race theory is about. That's all I'm saying. It's not about whether, you know, it's how you teach the Civil War. It's about, yes, no, it is about, yes, acknowledging the systemic, the racial thread in America. It's, a, it's what it's about. Let's look from the time you brought the first slaves over here. Let's look at what that reality yeah, critical. was. And of course, that 
that then takes the South's civil war narrative, war between the states narrative, and blows it to yeah, rips it up, tears it away, and just and, and 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 spits on the remains because it's all bogus. Because we've you know all what been, I just found. Yeah. Suze, I'm sorry. You know what I found out this year, and I'm sure you did too, because we've all been maybe I hope reading about it a little bit. Remember the Alamo. The Alamo that we're supposed to remember is another one of those totally bogus stories. Yeah, stories. Mm -hmm. It was a bunch of white slave owners trying to get away from Mexico, had passed a law that slavery was was you know was not to be was illegal and they were making money hand over fist with slave labor so they had to secede they had to get out of mexico and that's what informed that it was white people trying to hold on to their slaves and the tons of money that those slaves created, not a penny of which they ever saw. Remember the Alamo. And a law has just been passed and signed by Governor Abbott in Texas that, that makes it, I guess, pretty much impossible to teach the truth about the Alamo in Texas schools. So we got legislatures yeah. now passing laws that they're, the children of the state will be taught a pack of lies. Like we were. We'd... Well, in many, yes. And now that we're on to it, the, the, the inability for people to acknowledge it and, okay, geez, wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, let's let's stop filling our kids' heads with this stuff that isn't, Right, just not true. The fear, right. of I mean, course, right. is that right. they won't be patriots. Then they won't feel. Uh, I will feel patriotic again about the United States of America if it were to stand up and acknowledge this real history. You know, we're all supposed I would to be, be lifelong so learners. Why shouldn't our country? Just always, you know, be lifelong learners, you know, learn from our mistakes, grow, get better. I, uh, you know, people that are yelling at the at the uh, black, uh, black women protesting, you know, at Olympic trials. And 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 I, you know, come on, you, you, you this this love it or leave it crap again. Wow. We we are not perfect, and there is nothing wrong with saying we are not perfect. We can do better, and the way we are not perfect is really impacting me personally. I don't I don't see a problem with that, especially when it's obviously true. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, speaking yeah. of Texas. I'm sorry. Yeah, did you see all the all the Democrats? I felt like writing a letter and saying, "Hey, you want to come to Chicago? I got I got like two bedrooms. You could you could stay here. I'll feed you. You know, I'll keep you up for free as long as you want." Just so it's just a yeah, but it's just a delay. Ultimately, it ain't gonna 
ain't going to work. I don't even want to talk about what Texas is trying to do. They're just trying to do what already, I believe, as many as, what is it, 17 Republican-controlled yeah. states. Yeah, we've got to pass it. we got to do this done. federally. Yeah, it, it's just extraordinary. Extraordinary. Yep. You watch the Republicans just flat out. Again, it's like the big lie. They're doing this because of voter fraud. There is no voter fraud. Next there is to no, none. Right. Next to none. And the fraud, a lot of the fraud that gets turned up, it turns out, is Republicans committing voter fraud. So, except for the poor schmo in Texas on parole. Except for that, the poor schmo in Texas who was, yeah, didn't know he wasn't supposed to vote because he, he was still for, I guess, two more days on parole. Right, and they're going to throw him in jail now for the rest of his life. No, I, I he's got the ACLU on his side. I cannot imagine that's going to happen. But my God, it has happened to other black people. Somehow, never to white people. It's always black people. There is something else that Texas is uh, busily at work on right now that is so mind-blowing to me that I we got to talk about it a little bit. What are the things that Republicans think are the most important things in the universe right now? It's suppressing uh, the votes of, of black people, and it's uh, abortion. Yes, governing women's bodies. Okay, so Texas. I'm not sure where this is in the process, but it's moving right along. Texas passed, it passed the legislature, but it's, I guess that's not enough. It goes back again for another round. I don't know. They passed a bill. Other states have done this too, that bans abortion after six weeks. Right. When, well, by the way, means, most women don't even realize don't even they're, pregnant. they're pregnant. Right, right, right. Um, so that's destroying abortion. It is obviously unconstitutional given uh, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Right. But, and these bills, you know, get, are getting knocked down left, right, and center. But Texas has come up with a, you know, I have to admit, and I said this about the anti-abortion crowd for decades, they are as dogged and as creative as a, any group, I, because they're zealots, because they just never stop working it. And here's the difference in Texas. And Susan, you will appreciate this more than most because it involves how our legal system works. What happens? They pass this bill. And obviously a bill gets passed. So who would uh, be the enforcers of the bill? The state of Texas would enforce the law they passed. But this bill does not give enforcement rights. <laughs> to the state of Texas, which passed it. If anyone wants what they have done, prohibits officials from enforcing it. What? Yeah. Because they think they figured out a way to finally win. It deputizes ordinary it deputizes you me everybody it deputizes every citizen of the country doesn't have to be in texas to sue 
anyone who they think got an abortion, allowed an abortion, yeah, aided sorry. and abetted. I an mean, abortion. they're so yeah. So they're trying to give standing to to any of us for the for 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 a woman's abortion to sue woman doctor. Um, I got it. But, but here's the I'm, thing. These things go to state court. I'm just saying they, it goes to the state courts and Suze, think about it. This means that there'll literally be thousands upon thousands of these cases brought against clinics, doctors, women, anybody who had anything to do with, and the courts will be inundated. Um, the Texas law, here's what the critics are saying. This amounts to essentially a hack, right. hacking the legal system. Right. And you can't, uh, you can't just confer legal yeah. standing on everyone, you know, against anyone. You can't because, because of this reason. That's not how standing works. You have to have a legitimate personal interest here's the thing. in something so and you have to be legitimately hurt right. by that person right. yourself. I don't care if they wrote you I don't. Know. You have to have Stanton. That is absolutely correct. They will, you know, make that argument. Okay. So let's say a judge says, you know, you got to have standing. I'm sorry. I'm tossing this baby out. That's fine. That's one judge. Mm-hmm. You know how many counties there are in Texas? Yes, I understand. Counties. I know I mean, what I mean, they're doing. They just keep coming. Keep they're coming up coming. their own system. Keep. And um, here's how one professor uh, uh, says for people to understand how extraordinarily ridiculous this is. So he says, if a barista at Starbucks overhears you talking about an abortion, that barista is authorized to sue the clinic where you obtained it, to sue any other person who helped you, like the Uber driver who took you there, And there have been inst instances where, where the courts have said some statutes have uh, authorized private citizens to sue to enforce the law, even if they have not been harmed. Some, there have been instances where courts have upheld that. And I just have to say, again, I give them, I give them uh, my admiration for their just incessant creativity. And, and as somebody who knows, on the other end, whether these things are going to really work or not, what does this do to a clinic? It, it makes them have to pay unbelievable amounts to defend themselves in courts. You know, well, they, they aren't going to have any. You know, if they they aren't going to have any OBGYNs in town. Um, they and and I don't know. I, I I don't understand why any woman lives in Texas. Uh, 
I mean, really, I that at some point people just have to get up and and let it leave. Texas, it's the entire it's half the South. It's a lot of the upper Midwest. It's, yeah, it's I know. Again, everywhere, and we now have a Supreme Court that is itching to literally overturn a Roe v. Wade. So there's all that. Yeah. Um, did you hear about okay. the Minnesota folks that were uh, uh, threatening to to kill uh, uh, Native Americans exercising their tribal rights of spear fishing on the river? They had to get the cops involved, and the cops, even though they they were heard to you know be calling them names uh, uh, regarding their Native American status, the police up there refused to call it a hate crime. Um, it just doesn't end. Well, you know, it's it's what. People have been pointing out for years, if the local police are enforcing the bias, you're lost. Well, and they often are. And they not often are. They just are. Yeah, they are. Often. Yeah. Okay, let's get off this for a minute. It's upsetting me. Did you see Cornell (laughs) West uh, resigned? No. From the Harvard Divinity School? Why? Well, um, you know, he had been a tenured professor there for years, and I think in 2016 he quit after having a fight with the current uh, administration. And then he came back a few years later and as an untenured professor in the Divinity School. And um, um, in a fit of pique, he resigns again, uh, citing – the fact that they didn't write him a condolence letter on the death of his mother. And, okay. uh, I, and that, I personally have a problem with. Cornel well, I'm West. thinking, I'm, I'm thinking that's what I was thinking. I said, you're a, you're a bad spokesman. You know, they didn't give him tenure. He's blaming it on, you know, the, on, on his, well, uh, you know, and, uh, and the, the just, problem is, is that he's just a thorn in their side and, yeah, and outspoken to the point of a pain in the ass for them. Yeah. He's just and he's being treated accordingly. So I'm well, sure they're relieved. I don't know. <laughs> there have been things he said in the past that have just driven me flat insane. Hey, I think we have a caller. I'm not sure we can try. Hello? Okay. Go ahead. Try. This is so exciting. Hey, Lynn. Uh, hey. How you two doing today? We're We're doing okay. okay. Uh, That lady, that person you were talking about in Texas that was arrested for trying to vote while on probation was a woman. Really? Yeah, but there's another one now, a guy. Yeah, there's now there's a guy. Okay, I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. And if you talk to people in the South, it's not the Civil War. It's the War of Northern Aggression. (laughs) <laughs> you betcha. Yeah, I like that better. <laughs> Very aggressive. Um, the reason I called is always a reason I called. Uh, we're talking about slavery and that. I just read not too long ago, which I never knew, that plantations owners from the South would go up to New York to get a loan and they would use their slaves as collateral. And they New York bankers would accept that. 
sure. Is that oh, crazy? Yeah. Slaves are property. They're so they're they're, pro- property. they're they're not only property, they're tangible property. And they're valuable property. And if if you think that a northern bank wasn't taking notice of that, that's the other part. You got to teach the whole story. The north, the the economics of the whole country depended on this. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely Uh, right. You betcha. I want to. I'm going to leave you two with a quick story. Okay. Okay. All right. This is in the early 70s. I was driving through Roanoke, Virginia with my Pennsylvania license plate. So I pull into this gas station. This was like, I don't know, 10 o'clock or whatever. And there's a couple of guys sitting in there, you know. So I'm sitting at the pumps and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and nobody's coming out. So I get up and I go in there and I said, are you guys selling gas? If you can believe this, the guy looks at me, he goes, not the Yankees were not. <laughs> I just, I looked at him. I was like, are you kidding me? And they wouldn't sell me gas because I was in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Not the Yankees back were not. Your story is very nostalgic because it brings back the days when you would pull up to the pumps and wait in your car for somebody to come and do all the work and wash your windshield and check your oil. Remember those? Yeah. Yeah. I used to do that. Unless you were, unless you were in Pennsylvania, I got Pennsylvania plates at this place in uh, Virginia. Good God. Well, the battle never, the, the war has been raging forever. Well, down there, it never ended, I guess. No. No, never did. So thank you for that. It's a good story. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, I came across something. It was a quote from Barack Obama that I think is really just nails nails it. Um, who is as usual, empathetic enough to attempt to understand what the hell is going on with all these crazy white people in this country right now. Um, You know, saying that Biden didn't win, that Trump won, that all this stuff, I mean, the the whole, the whole Megillah. And this is from a a book that his former speechwriter Ben Rhodes wrote, because it was, and here it is. Here's it. Obama said, Trump is, for a lot of white people, what OJ's acquittal was to a lot of black folks. You know it's wrong, but it sure feels good. Yeah, I think that's very... Do you understand uh, that? I I absolutely do. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, well, yeah. And then I saw another um another little anecdote about Obama someplace else and it just made me laugh out loud. When Obama was a freshman uh senator, he never became a sophomore senator. He when he was a freshman senator, he's sitting on um I don't know, some in some com- committee hearing that uh the very senior 
senator from Delaware, Joe Biden, is overseeing. And uh, Biden is going on and on and on and on and digressing. And my father said, and my grandmother would say, and my this and that, and that reminds me of listen to this. And, and Obama wrote something down on a piece of paper and, and, and passed it over to uh, one of his aides. And it said this, shoot, period, me, period, <laughs> now. <laughs> I loved it. I love that. Oh, and we have to listen. Jonathan uh, sent me this. I think this is really important. Um, you know, given the uh, billionaire space race. Yes, I know. Tra la, tra la. Isn't it cute? They used to just buy expensive like Rolls Royces and airplanes. Now they have rocket races. I'm just, woo, it's so exciting. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I don't know why I am. Uh, Oh, no, Jonathan, it disappeared. Did I accidentally get rid of it? Well, then look in your trash. You can find it. (laughs) Yeah, but I got a new system here, and it's not trash doesn't seem to be where it used to be. You know what? I can't handle anything anymore. I give up. Um. Uh, you it know, was, speaking of you're not being able to handle anything and you give up, can I tell you yeah. one of my minor um, household victories that these are the things that make me very happy? I'm, okay. Um, in, at our mother's house, her, her, her DVR broke. And she, you know, her cable system broke. So... Um, I got her back in business. I took a box from the kitchen and put it in there and I disconnected the box. But, you know, when you disconnect the box and then you call to have it repaired, you've already you're in trouble with the computer. So my job was to call ATT and get them to get me to a human, outsmart all the computers and get me a new box without doing anything that they told me to do. Good for you, Suze. And I did it. Good for and you. I and yeah. I did it by telling them that I disagreed with their business model and that customer service does not mean that the customer services their own equipment. And I'm telling you my box is broken, you're simply going to have to believe me and you're going to send me a new box, okay? And she did. So I just want you to know, if you sound stern, you can well. You can, you're all. It's also luck of the draw in terms of who you get and if you're in, whatever. Here, I Jonathan, I found it. Now I figured out how to. See, find I gave her time, Jonathan. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I found it. <laughs> <clears throat> A new study uh, released uh, Monday by researchers from the Stanford Center on Poverty and Inequality found that seventy percent of Americans have less than $1,000 saved to go to space. Oh, no. I've been, I've been saving my coins. That's, that's why there's majority, a coin shortage. Yeah. 
you know, our research suggests that the vast majority of Americans may be woefully unprepared for the dawn of the new space age. Um, obviously, this is an onion piece. Yes. Without generational wealth, oh, wow, generational wealth comes back in. The average American would have to rely on taking out a huge loan or receiving some assistance. And the study also found that most American parents hadn't even started saving for their children's trips to space. Uh, uh, uh. I know. The horror. It's in, it's just extraordinary. It really well, is. I am I am glad that that is the universal reaction. It was is just sort of like, oh God, what a waste! Yeah, I mean, just I mean there is so away. much going on. How about you know? Let's figure out you know. Let's devote all of those billions towards climate change. How about that? Yeah, it's just yeah. No, it's just it's. We are. It's so sickening. I can't see straight. I know. And even media, though I not, disapprove of p- other people telling people how to spend their money, I mean, you know, that's it. But it's just such a, oh, oh, it's my childhood dream. And billions later, I've accomplished it. And it's only for me and five others. I. Hey, uh, when you were talking about, you know, uh, Taking on the robots? Yeah, the cable company and stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's taking on the computers. Well, well, what brought it to mind was I had recently seen um, something about, uh, who's that guy? Wozniak Mm -hmm. co-founded. Yeah, that we were going to have to make things repairable. He thinks you should. Yeah, well, he said this is, he says he's embracing the what's called right to repair movement. In other words, used to be you would get an, uh, a, a thing from a manufacturer and with the thing would come, you know, it still does with some like a refrigerator or something, specifications, all this stuff, right? Yeah. That allowed, that allowed you to potentially fix your own, the own item. What companies have done is make their stuff not only so, you know, ridiculously complicated, but they're not giving people the right to have some measure of control over these items when they aren't working right. Well, in and, fact, they're they're deciding where you can send it, what you have to do. It's it's um, and and then they deliberately kill them for you because you know in yeah, the yeah, case yeah. of computers, at a certain point they 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 simply aren't upgradable anymore. So and 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 of all the toxic waste in the world. Computers and electronics are along, are oh. among some of the worst and need to really be farmed for all these rare metals that are in them. We should be mm-hmm. reusing them. Mm-hmm. But see what the companies have done, and Apple. <laughs> yeah, fact, Apple's the worst. Uh, after he parted company with him, they you realize that you're restricted as somebody who bought their product. You're restricted. From getting their uh, your iPhone 
or anything else fixed without jeopardizing your warranty. And it's the company that says, here is where you have to get this fixed. And of course, that gets them a lot more money because it requires authentic Apple parts, other materials. Um, they get a ton of money controlling this. So he says it is, the only, it is absolutely the right way to go is to be, is to be part of this right to repair uh, movement because it gives us control and information uh, to fix our own devices rather than get shaken down. You know, in the, Uni in the United Kingdom, there have been laws passed recently <clears throat> that require manufacturers of TVs, washing machines, refrigerators to provide spare parts to consumers who need them. And there are some legislatures in this country that are starting uh, to look into it. And that that executive order that uh, Biden signed the other day also addresses that, among um, among other things. He specifically, uh, it says that I guess farmers are really screwed. Uh, if, you know, they need so much expensive equipment and when it breaks, they're stuck like this. And many of them have the uh, capacity uh, to maybe fix their own machinery. But at this point, our, the way we're doing business here, only the manufacturer can dictate to right. I mean, but I was going to say, this isn't only electronics. This is across the spectrum. If you buy yeah. a new car and you choose to maintain it at a non-dealer during the warranty period, you risk having that warranty, you know, just thrown out That's because right. they're going to be. claim that it's something that an off-campus someone did to your car and you can't prove chain of command. I mean, that's really a chain of of you know, um, holding it, if you understand what I'm saying, because I can't we did. talk we anymore. We got it when you said chain of command. I understand. Yeah. But a lot of what this is about is that the way capitalism works in this country now, <clears throat> there's no free market when it comes to the big boys. They aim to control everything. So there's no competition. And um, when there's no competition, and I'm a good American who got taught this in school, why that's not freedom. And that's not the market working as it's supposed to. If you squelch competition and allow monopolistic growth, which is exactly what we got, uh, you're stifling small business, certainly. You're stifling e the economy. And so that's what uh, Biden's executive order was all about. We don't realize that the economy, our economy is much less dynamic now than it used to be. Yeah, no, and no. We got rid of all those protections over the last <laughs> yeah. two or three that's decades. Right. When I was in law school, there were actually monopoly laws enforced. Do you remember when Ma Bell was yeah. broken up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, AT&T is back right back. Right, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they came back because I guess they're bigger and better than everybody just. Yeah. But 
these corporations, these biggies, increase their profits now, not by improving their products, but by buying up their rivals, by exercising ludicrous power over the, the consumer, as we were just talking about, and their employees. Well, and, and let me interrupt again. And by the way, the, the tech market for a long time has been counting on that, that the tech model was a get a good startup and look like you can be a threat and you don't even have to do it. You get bought out by Facebook for $3 billion and you're set. That's right. That is right. So... I mean, so they're profiteering know, off of this non-union, you know, I mean, I'm sure these companies get taken a lot, too. Well, but they oh, buy out oh, all I'm their competitors gonna, when I'm they're young enough gonna, to take the money and run. Um, by some estimates of, uh, you know, economists who look into this stuff, the American, a typical American household probably... Um, pays or loses, I guess you could say, more than $5,000 a year because of this lack of competition through higher prices, lower wages, um, things like non-compete clauses. That, that was something I had to live with when I had, uh, when I had, when I was in broadcasting, I couldn't leave, um, the employee of a TV or a radio station and jump over to a competitor. Not without sitting out for minimally a year and not getting paid. And that's the kind that, that shouldn't be. If a person has uh value and a talent, they should be able to, you know, shop in the free market yeah. around. If you're working for this station and another station says, you know, I'd really like you. They should be able. But what happens in this in these cases is that the stations, the three local stations, monopolistically agree that they won't they won't screw with other employees. You don't screw with mine. I don't screw with yours. And so they prevent the labor pool that they exploit from using the power of their value. And right. this has been going and again, on And again, forever. point out that this only occurs within a geographic region. So, for example, yes, yes, yes. you so would I be see. free to pick up your whole life and move to a different city and work immediately. You just can't compete That's right. in the market. That is correct. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Mary says, something humans and computers have in common. Planned obsolescence. We are both programmed to die. To die, yeah. Yeah, but we're not programmed to uh, die so somebody uh, gets a little richer because we'll have to buy another uh, me or something. How do you know? I don't know. Oh, that's true. How does anybody know anything anymore? (laughs) This is true. Hey, I got to say this is apropos of absolutely nothing again, but just because it's I just read an article about him and I'm out of it. Um, You know, not that you care either, Susan. The all-star game is tonight. 
Yeah, you have some paid the baseball. least bit of attention. No, no, I, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a guy in Major League Baseball right now who apparently is makes Babe Ruth look like a little leaguer, <laughs> sort of. I yeah, exaggerate yeah. only slightly. No, there no, is yeah. A guy from uh, Japan. His name is Shoei Otani. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but I don't know. He um, he's going to be the starting pitcher uh, tonight for uh, the uh, American League. He plays for the <clears throat> Los Angeles Angels. <coughs> Excuse me. He's going to be the starting pitcher. But he's also the leadoff hitter. Wow. And other baseball players, even great ones, are looking at him like he's a, a unicorn. Not even human. Yeah. Right. Like he totally dominates <clears throat> on defense and offense. Um, and they're saying that he's compared to Babe Ruth as a world-class hitter and pitcher. But the fact is Ruth never got anywhere close to what this guy's doing in terms of pitching starts and also making at plate, uh, appearances. So this guy is ludicrous. He's ripped 33 homers, the most in the majors this year, along with a stellar pitching Introduction. Um, 87 strikeouts in 67 innings. Um, the other players just think he's mind blowing. So even if even if you weren't going to um, to watch, I'm going to watch that first uh, inning. Just to watch, yeah, just to see, yeah, right. <laughs> and you'll I, get him. You'll get I, him at both. Uh, FB, you know, both sides, right? Right. And, you know, it says here that Major League Baseball, knowing that he's the star, is fudging the rules a bit tonight because they're allowing him to effectively serve as two players, which he actually is, because even as they're going to, uh, you know, pull him as the pitcher, because, you know, that's the all-star game. They're going to let him keep batting. They're going to let him keep batting once he's been pulled as a pitcher. Do they I'm have to play you. one man down until, I mean, I, I have that... no idea. I don't know. I didn't go into the whatever, but um, I found that uh, fascinating. Now, let's see. Uh, do we have a caller? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I'm doing my usual thing. I'm not paying attention. Caller, hello? Uh, good morning. How are you two doing? Oh, hi, great. hi, hi. Sorry. Hey, um, you're talking about monopolies, and it made me think of a show I was watching the other day. Um, it was um, on the History Channel, The Men Who Made America, and they were talking about J.P. Morgan and Rockefeller. <laughs> the last and Carnegie. Gilded Age. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and J.P. Morgan, I mean, it was a real son of a bitch. I mean, they all were, but J.P. Morgan was evil. I mean... Um, what he did to Westinghouse and, and Tesla and everything—it was just awful. 
And um, and so I'm I'm like watching the show. I'm trying not to get angry, just you know. And they're talking about monopolies and stuff. And then um, and, and they bring on like so-called experts, like you know Donnie Deutsch because he's a marketing guru apparently, and the guy Kramer, the financial guy. And I'm watching. Oh I'm God, he has misled more people. These are media personalities. They they're right. Full of BS. So I'm you know what? The, the, okay, all right, whatever. Go ahead. And, and, and well, I was going to say. Wait, wait, wait I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that what's his name, Kramer, who yeah. invariably picks wrong horses. He most recently had people who listened to him uh, telling everybody to buy, buy, buy the 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 manufacture the drug manufacture the drug whatever company that was doing the Johnson and Johnson vaccine right that just got closed down essentially because and they had to throw out millions upon millions of doses it had great political connections which is how it got the contract but it, it was a bunch of crap so I mean he's all, he's a he makes me crazy. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, well no, but there'll be a John Stewart one after him big time. And and they try to make John Stewart look like the bad guy. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he's holding him his feet to the fire. That's all. But anyway, so I'm watching this documentary, and they're bringing on these so-called experts. Every once on. Now, this documentary was done in 2012, I believe. So guess, lo and behold, guess who they brought on as an expert in 2012? Our ex-president. Like, oh, the orange nightmare. It's like, where the hell did he come from? And they're, they're like, well, there, there you see it. That's why it's just bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's a show. And anybody who watches and listens to these media personality types and thinks they're getting good at, you know, financial advice are are nuts. They're right. just they're just pawns in a media game to get their attention and sell their attention to the advertisers. Hey, quick question for you, both of you. Um, earlier, you were talking about critical race theory and how it's just, it's getting so much resistance. It's like, why, don't call it anything. Just teach history for God's sake, right? Right. Well, it's in fact, that's the case. That's what I was trying to say. All of these parents at school board meetings I don't know what they're protesting because that ain't in the curriculum in the first place. And and well, so if what they're protesting, if what they're protesting mm -hmm. is is teaching real history, is teaching the truth versus teaching lies, well then they need to be clear about that. But schools need to be able to clearly, and teachers need to be able to fearlessly. Teach actual history. I mean, the the big problem here is yeah. that teachers are under actual physical threat from these oafs. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, you they add that to evolution too, right? Right. Mm -hmm. All right, you. Okay, Roger. Thank you very much. Sorry, gotta Have go. A good day, everybody. Yeah, I mean, really. First, they first they attack healthcare workers and and public healthcare, you know, people, and and now they're now they're physically threatening public school teachers. Incredible. No, they're 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 gunning for bear, and for Democrats, and quite and literally, when you say gunning, you mean it, and 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 if that triggers you, we're sorry.
Go ahead. You you know that Brandeis University. Yes, I do. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Said you cannot use the word trigger because that triggers people because it's a gun. Okay, that's how that's how insane this country has become. Now, I just want to let Debbie get the last word in here because it's a good thing she said in regard to Obama's statement on um you know, white people loving loving Trump and and black people's loving OJ's acquittal. She says blacks were just glad that one of their own finally got away with something. But white men have never been oppressed. So I don't think it's the same. But they do. That's the point. (laughs) That's the point. I I think the only difference is is that black people understood that, you know, that the verdict wasn't necessarily a reflection of the truth. And these white guys seem to feel that that they need to actually claim this to be the truth. They need to change their reality. And, And if that's how you have to live to make yourself feel better, I suggest you're in real deep doo doo. Okay, you guys. I think that's it, Suze. Okay. So you can go back to reading whatever it was you were reading. I can go now, now I gotta now I gotta, gotta fuel myself because I think I think my trainer's coming in person and I think she might actually try and hit me back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well Okay, wish me luck. Hard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bye. 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 And uh, and uh, to the rest of you, bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers. <laughs>